I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Introducing the greatest animated series you've never seen, Lightning Dogs. These canine commandos are lost on a post-apocalyptic earth and battling the forces of the evil Glampire. It's a tribute to the cartoons and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, and Nerdy Show is hell-bent on bringing it to life. Blocks sold separately. Join us as we document our quest from the moment lightning struck to every world building session and beyond and make our crazy dream a reality. Roll with the pack at lightningdogs.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, We've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap, and in this episode, I'm speaking with Christy Caracas, the creator of the now legendary Adult Swim animated series Super Jail, and the brain behind the forthcoming series Ballmasters 9009. If you love animation, and I'm talking the full gamut of animation, artsy stuff, Saturday morning cartoons, or even peculiar non-animated arthouse movies, then you've got to check out Caracas' work. Super Jail was a surreal and hyper-violent fantasy comedy about a megaprison presided over by a magical Willy Wonka type, voiced by the amazing David Wayne. And over the course of its four seasons, it went to a lot of marvelously peculiar places and severed an innumerable amount of limbs. Ballmasters 9009 comes out Sunday at midnight, April 8th, and I've seen the first three episodes already. If you love Super Jail, you won't be disappointed. If you love... Weird anime like Space Dandy, One Punch Man, Redline, and a bunch of other stuff that I'm not qualified to name, then you're probably going to love Ballmasters, and you should do everything in your power to see it. Here's the core premise. It's the distant future, the year 9009, and the world was once decimated by the Rad Wars. But now, to keep world peace, Krazar, the supreme leader, started the game, eliminating all other sports and all the pesky rules and creating a unifying arena bloodbath where teams from different regions play a game where each team has a sentient ball that's fired out of a cannon, and then you have to grab the ball and score with the ball. It's actually a lot like soccer, but with cannons and sentient balls. And you can use more than your feet, and you probably should. And every member of these teams, they are all different. They've all stepped out of different mediums, different stories, different genres. It's a complete clusterfuck. For example, (laughs) a guy who has severed his arms and legs put his head into a giant spiked isolation helmet, worked his abs via some kind of tantric tension technique, and has a special umbilical laser ability. Or a candy-themed magical girl. Or a giant, goblin-faced, disembodied, rotten finger. You know, normal stuff. 
So that's the world, but the story follows Gaz Diggsy, who's a superstar of the game, but she goes on a terrible bender, gets a muffin top, and gets kicked down to the absolute worst team in the game, the Leptons. The Supreme Leader has told her that if she can make this team winners, she might just maybe, possibly, get her life back. Super Jail had a loose sense of continuity that varied from season to season, but Ballmasters is actually extremely serialized. Every episode is part of the ongoing story, and it builds and builds and builds. And it's different from Super Jail in a lot of ways, as you'll hear Christy elaborate on. It was a great conversation. We talk about all the different artistic inspirations that led to the creation of Ballmasters, including one very unexpected one, <laughs> the possible future of Super Jail. And, well, let's just get into it. Hi, Christy. Hi. First of all, I just want to say I adore Super Jail. <laughs> Thank you. I loved it from the moment the pilot debuted, which at this point some people might not realize was as part of a contest to vote for the next Adult Swim series. Yeah, I think it was like in 2006 or something insane. I think it was... Oh, over 10 years ago, I think. Yeah, I was in college, I was in the school library, and I was voting like crazy on that thing. Oh, thank you. You, you might have helped me, helped me get a show. <laughs> I mean, just from that first pilot, the love of animation in myriad forms came through in such a big way. Awesome. And Ballmasters looks like, I mean, cut from a very similar cloth in terms of your trademark insanity. I try to excite you guys. Yeah, dude, it's super exciting, but it definitely does come from a different place. It looks like it's very anime-influenced, which I was surprised by. Yeah, well, when Super Jail was wrapping up and I was thinking about doing something new, you know, I didn't want to do the same thing. I really like jumping into things out of my comfort zone, and Super Jail's my first show that was, like, mine, so that's kind of like the stuff I'd always made, but I'd always loved anime, but, you know, I was never like, oh, I'm going to try to make anime. So after Super Jail, I was like, oh, what can I make that's, like, still really visual and exciting and dynamic, but really different than Super Jail? Like, maybe it's not as violent. Maybe it's not as flat. And a lot of stuff at the time was coming out, or I was really seeing it. You know, a kill and One Punch Man, and I'm like, you know, you lost King Kong had just come out, and I was like, man, these are fucking amazing. Maybe I just try to do like a fucked up anime, like my version of anime, and and that's kind of stemmed from there. And it was intimidating at first, and there were times when I was kind of like, damn, I don't know if I can do this. But then as I eased into it, it started to be like, well, I can't just copy this stuff. I got to like do my version and not worry about it. And things just started to kind of come together like any project. You know, if you approach it with an open mind and just work things out, it'll kind of take on its own life and become what it wants to be. And that kind of happened with this. I remember in an old early Super Jail era interview, you said that your ultimate goal for Super Jail was if it could reach the pinnacle of the Pointer Sisters pinball sequence from Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> for Ballmasters, what is the, the pinnacle that you're striving for? I'd say either One Punch Man or Yuasa, of course. It also seems like it's very rooted in the 90s, especially early 90s, gross-out stuff like Mad Balls and uh, Mutant League football. You know what's a funny story? When I was thinking about this being a sports comedy, I was doing a lot of research watching sports anime or sports films, and most American sports series are films. And um, I don't know if you know Major League I don't know what it's from, the 80s or the 90s, the one with uh, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Wesley Snipes and stuff. But, like, the poster is this fucking baseball mohawk and sunglasses and yeah. like, a feather earring. And it's totally awesome. And as a kid, I remember going, oh, my God, i got to see this movie. And then I watched the movie, and I was like, that character was never in it. Like, what the fuck? And, like, <laughs> as a kid, you don't get that it's marketing or a poster, but I thought it was going to be, like, some stop-motion ball. And I remember being like, man, this ball should be alive and look like this ball. They should be cool, because, like, I want to see that ball, how it acts and what it does. And then the idea of, you know, you might argue with your teammate or your coach, but you might argue with your own ball, I just thought it would be funny. And that's why I kind of, like, 
a lot of the balls are the, our main ball has like a big blade that the Mohawks were super ripped off from major league poster. Dude, that's amazing. I haven't thought about that in forever. And I felt the same thing. Like the poster always had that up front, that gorgeous illustrative art. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, I don't actually want to see this. I mean, I, mean, I thought, because I think that was around the same time as like Teenage Big Adventure or something, like, you know, like the large march scene. I was like, some guy's going to like trip out on acid or something when the ball's coming out and it turns into that ball. Like, I think they had a really big missed opportunity there. <laughs> Especially if it was like old school stop motion or clay or something, you know, it would have been so cool. Those movies would have been drastically improved by some kind of a cartoon talking ball or a disturbing puppet. Maybe we could get some Super Jail slash Bowmasters fan to make a major league, you know, one of those fan cuts like yeah. the Phantom Edit where they add the ball somehow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Who's voicing the ball, though? The great Dana Snyder. <laughs> oh, do yeah, of course. I mean, you cast him for a reason as Baby Ball. Yeah. Well, it's funny when I did it because Dave Willis is also a voice in the show or voices on the show. And I remember when it started, I asked Dana and Dave, I go, I, go, I want to make sure I'm not, I think I even asked Lev, I was like, I don't want to get in trouble because everyone's going to say it sounds just like Master Shake, but I don't care. I love your voice. And I think Aquatine had gotten canceled already. And Dana was just like, Master Shake is dead. And like, and like it just, you know, wasn't a, basically wasn't a problem. And I was like, all right, awesome. Cool. So they're both super, super great. Like the best. Yeah, well, I mean, they stuck a bunch of Super Jail stuff in a recent episode of uh, Squidbillies. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, when you work at Adult Swim, you kind of know everybody. Well, not everybody, but the animators. But uh, Steve Willis called me and he was like, hey, man, we're doing this, like, jail episode. I thought it'd be funny to do this, like, Super Jail homage. So would you want to storyboard it? I wasn't really, I was working, I was busy, but I was just like, man, I would love to. Like, I love that show. I love those guys. I mean, they wrote the scene. They wrote all the jokes and stuff, and I storyboarded it, just added some stuff. And yeah, they were like, hey, we should talk to them. Like, they added like Alice and I think Jailbot. And that was like super, super cool. Like, made me wonder if that's a shared universe. <laughs> you know, it never crossed my mind. Maybe I could talk to the network and get some kind of Super Jail episode with the Squidbillies in it and do like a full circle. That would be amazing. Oh my God. Super Jail, the Rusty episode. <laughs> it could be that kind of thing where he's in the Super Jail style and it's from this whole other perspective of what happened, like some kind of independent, clever movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm going to call Dave after this. I think it's a good idea. I think it's a great idea. Look, I, I don't want I, I to speak out of turn, but as far as I know, Super Jail has not been officially canceled. We just kind of took a pause to do ball matches because when they cancel a show, they announce it. Now, I'm not saying it will happen again, but I, I could see maybe a special or some more episodes. I, I would love to do it, and I'm sure the network's super cool. I don't think they'd say no, but I think it would have to be a good idea or a good reason, you know? Wow, I had no idea. I just made gross assumptions after all these years. Don't quote me. I could be wrong, but whenever a show gets canceled, they usually announce it. Like, it was like so, so-and-so was canceled, but I, it was never really canceled. It was more like, they were like, do you want to start doing some new things? I was like, yeah, I'd love to. Because I, I get very bored very easily, and I like to make, you know, change the style or, you know, just challenge new ideas or whatever. I don't know. Well, I mean, if you look at your work going all the way back to that piece from Cartoon Sushi, it's in terms of what people can, you know, get their hands on and absorb and, and experience. I mean, the way your brain works, the way you sequence, well, sequences together is this very complex thing of beauty and so yeah i imagine you are always wanting to try something different especially after you know four seasons of mayhem you know what's funny though i showed a really close friend of mine the pilot of ball masters and she was like like you like it i don't know like, you work on something new you're very I, I get very unsure you're too close to it you're kind of nervous you're like is it good is it funny i have no idea anymore i've been working on it too long and she was like i like it it looks great but uh i missed the transitions <laughs> 
I missed the not cutting, and it was such a conscious thing to not make it the thing. And then the funny thing is, a lot of people who are fans are like, oh my God, like, how do you think of it? It's so stream of conscious, it's amazing. I'm like, it's really not amazing. The only thing you do if you want to do that is you make all your sequences, you make all your little parts, and then you just connect them. It's not like you write it linearly. A lot of times it's like, oh wait, what if when the head gets chopped off, instead of falling on the ground, like it will with gravity, it goes up, and you follow it up. And then a bird flies by, and it gets stuck on a bird's feet. But the bird gets shot, and the bird goes down, and then the bird goes into some a bear eats it, and the bear runs sideways and jumps in the water. Like it's like this kind of thing where you kind of connect it, but it looks super insane, it's so quick and everything. But it's almost like when you're figuring it out on the board, you're putting it out like a big puzzle. And I don't want to break the myth open, but it's, it's almost like once you figure it out, it's actually not hard. <laughs> it's like the cheap trick. But it looks effortless, and I think that's one of the great things about what you've done is it's one of those sort of touchstones people can look to and be like no look you just have to not do what people normally do and you get this thing that's that is a, you know, a parlor trick effectively conceptually but still i can't tell you the last time i saw anything like it on tv even though i, I meant like it's easier to think up executing it can be hard with some of the software it can be a real bitch where you're like the <laughs> shot doesn't cut for like two minutes and the file gets all insane and keeps crashing but yeah the one thing i'm a big fan of I don't know, there's a Japanese director, uh, Suzuki Seijun, and he, like, makes these crazy um, Tokyo Drifter and, like, kind of gangster and samurai movies from, like, the maybe 50s, but 60s and stuff. But he's, I'm a big fan of his movies. Back then, the studio system in Japan was very, like, I think it was, like, Hollywood, where he was a studio director, so he just, he was on salary. He'd just get whatever scripts he got and get a makeup. And when they interview him, you know, oh, you're, you know, you're a genius and all these crazy things. It was funny because he'd always say, very matter-of-fact, like, I'm not a genius. I was just bored because these things sucked. And when I got a script, I would just think, okay, how would everyone else shoot this? Now, how am I going to shoot it? And I really inspired by that. I thought it was such a cool way to think. And I was always like, whatever my first idea is, it's always like, okay, that's probably not the best one. What can I change it into? Or how do I, you know, how do you think of it in a way you haven't seen it or maybe to do it? And I mean, that sounds really, I don't want to sound pretentious. I mean, it's a violent, dumb cartoon, but it's this thing of, it doesn't always have to be the way you've seen it. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I'm not I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I mean, it's, it's a cool <laughs> show, but I don't want to sound like an asshole. But I, you know, it is a conscious thing. We're always trying to be like, oh man, how can we push this and make it exciting or fun or funnier? And it's like a puzzle. How long have you been working on Ballmasters? Too long. I think I delivered the pilot storyboard day the Force Awakens came out, which had to be two years ago, maybe. <laughs> It was a long time because, you know, I'm pretty confident as an animator and storyboarding and a director, but writing I'm not. And it, this was the first project I did alone. I, you know, for Super Jail, I had partners. Um, we had a writing team, but Ballmasters I came up with all alone. And it took a lot longer. I was drawing things. I was writing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com 
and really, really trying to figure out what it was. And there were, there were a lot of versions before this that were just really a mess. And a lot of it was kind of world building this whole world and all these rules of the world and this place. And then kind of stripping it down, like, how's this going to be an 11-minute comedy but still retain some anime elements and still retain some sci-fi kind of maybe serialized kind of story that runs through it. So it was a little out of my comfort zone, but I really wanted to try. And it took a little longer, but I really learned a lot, and it was a really fun process for me. But I, I, I wish I, I wish I did it a little quicker, for sure. The world you, you plotted out is a lot of fun, and I, I think that having the extremely serialized format is way cool. There's a lot of good character balance and, and drama and so on that, that was in Super Jail, but to a limited capacity. It really does actually build on the anime roots that you mentioned. I mean, I love Super Jail, like I really do, and I, I probably will always love it the most because it's kind of like your first thing and your first baby. But I definitely was like, this has to be, maybe better is the wrong word, but it has to be a little better character dynamics, better characters for better writing. And again, I'm not, I have no problem with Super Jail. Like, I love watching something that's very plot-driven and doesn't matter. Like, I, you know, you just watch it for the, the experience of watching it. It's almost like a, a David Lynch movie. Like, it's the experience of watching it sometimes, and someone might go, oh, that movie, the ending, it's totally fucked up. It doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, it doesn't, it's like a dream, or it's a very parsing the prison, like a Jordawarski thing. But with Ballmasters, I was like, you know, I, I wanted it to not be as violent because I didn't want to turn people off and maybe it kind of be a little more accessible, but also for the challenge of not relying on violence as the only joke. And can the characters be funnier and work together in a team dynamic of, will they drive funnier stories, but it can still have action? And it was a lot of thought of this, again, just trying to improve. And I'm not saying it's, you know, it's not Shakespeare, but it's definitely better stories, I think, than Superdale or, or a little more character driven. At least that's what I was trying to do or trying to approach it in that way but keep the pace and the kind of crazy visuals. And again, it's that thing of, can you have something that feels really crazy visually, but still has a story and you give a shit about the characters? Because if you, if you don't care about the characters, you might like it just for the visuals, but you might also just turn it off and go, I don't really care about what I'm watching. And um, there's some shows when I see the, the visual style, I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't like how this looks. I don't want to watch it. But then I'll watch it. I'll go, oh my God, it's so fucking funny. I love this show. And I think it's just appreciating things for what they are. I mean, I don't know, it was just really fun and a challenge to kind of approach it in this way. Like, what are some things that could have been stronger on Super Jail, or maybe we could have done different or approach it a different way, but also try some new things that we wouldn't have done. So a lot of that kind of thought was going on in my head. Well, and it shows, dude, like, just from having watched the first three episodes, there's a lot that, I mean, I have, I have questions about characters. There's things I want to know more about. I love the dude who's just a torso with that sensory deprivation head and his monologues every single time. But there's another thing. Because it's a sports team, there's a lot of characters. The normal sitcom has, you know, a mom, a dad, a brother, and a sister, maybe, maybe some talking animal or some shit, but like <laughs> maybe the neighbors. But, you know, having all these teams, all these characters was hard and it, it was a concern. But we tried to give all the team characters their own episode. And you've only seen the first three. So, like, the first two are kind of setting up the world. Even the third one's still kind of setting it up. But after the third one, they start to, like, become one-offs where one or two characters might be a little more dominant. So you kind of get to know them all a little better and also showing you more of the world, more of the team. And we also tried to do a thing where, and this was very conscious of like, every episode should have something a little special about it that makes it feel a little different than the other episodes. It was fun, because again, it, it, every episode it felt like, okay, because well, we're working on a show, you're, you're working on an episode for a couple months. Each department is three weeks and it all overlaps, so it's pretty insane, but it, it kept it exciting. They're like, oh man, we're on this one now, and this time they go to this part of the world. We haven't seen this yet. What's the, what's the color palette? How are we going to paint it? How's it going to sound? The music was really important to us, too. Like, a lot of people were like, oh, you got to do, like, electronic music. It's the future. And we were like, eh, we kind of don't want to do that. Like, 
I don't want to make it like a weird 60s horror or a spaghetti western. We, we talked a lot about the music. It changes a lot per episode, but just trying to do something a little different if, if we could. And who's working on the music? Joe Wong and uh, DDA Lapierre. They both did the music for Super Jail also. But um, Joe had this amazing podcast called The Trap Set with Joe Wong. He's a drummer. He's been in this band called Parts and Labor. And his podcast is just interviewing drummers. And it's really, really interesting. And I usually work directly with Joe on the phone, but Joe is just great. Like, he was really... I mean, we'd be like, hey, what about this? What about this? But, you know, a lot of full cheese zombie soundtracks from the 60s from, like, the Galvanese fucked up now. But, like, a lot of Italian 60s zombie and But, I mean, you might not hear it, really, but if you if you know that stuff, you might hear it in there. It's very minimal keyboard, important Sabotnik, very silver apples on the moon kind of thing. It was really fun. I mean, I love music, so I, I, it was fun. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> it did sound amazing. And that, that comparison, I hadn't clicked it hadn't i hadn't realized that it's funny because like I've, I've watched these a thousand times but i'm sure if you're watching it for the first time it's a little sensory overload where it's like okay i'm trying to hear what the characters are saying i'm trying to understand what the fuck's going on visually i'm trying to process all this but if you not that you should watch it 20 times but i mean if you do that's great but when you start to like oh the music in this yeah it is, I, I bet you'll hear it if you're a fan like like the Krazar prophecy theme is very um Marconi like the ecstasy of gold it's very like <laughs> you know like arpeggio keyboards and kind of a more retro sound you know you can watch one of these like you know these, you know those spaghetti westerns will be like mm-hmm. some crazy organ and some guys walking in the desert like we were thinking of a lot of that kind of stuff it's just stuff I like let's again it's that thing of let's have fun let's make what we like or let's make what we know you know but also let's try to do a little twist on it and kind of like, oh, it'd be fun to hear that music in the future, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, your work has always been amazing about fusing lots of different concepts and having this whole, like, cyber dystopia running man ball game thing plus giallo music is, I mean, that's wonderful. That's, <laughs> I, I mean, I feel that's really representative of your work in a lot of ways. I'd like to start a Kickstarter to get Chodorowsky to make the live-action version <laughs> of Ballmasters, and it doesn't have to make any sense. I mean, I'm a huge Chodorowsky fan, so... Fuck. I didn't really thought of that until I was talking to you just now. <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, animation just takes so long to do, and it's, it's a bummer because, like, we're, we're, I mean, we're done now. We, we delivered the last episode last week, and, like, I'm just dying. Like, I'm chomping at the bit to start and do another season, but we kind of, you know, we have to wait and see how it goes if people like it. I, I understand. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've wanted to talk to you since, like, but I have no idea how people are going to react, you know? Dude, I think they're going to love it. <laughs> it's so much fun. I mean, for anyone who loves Super Jail, it's all that and more. The sequential storytelling is wonderful. So, yeah, rest easy. It's a fantastic show. People are strange, though. Like, like People be like, oh, it's nothing like this. And then anime people might go, it's not real anime. But but I have seen a lot of positive things. But I also take all that stuff with a grain of salt. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm super happy with it. I usually don't even let that stuff bother me. But it's funny. Like, we premiere really soon. And it's, I'm starting to get those butterflies. I'm like, oh my gosh, how are people going to react? I can't. I, it's almost like it's just anxiety because I want it to hurry up and premiere, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, man, with this being anime like, I have one more question. Does Adult Swim have Japanese distribution? Because I would love to see what Japanese animation fans in Japan would think of this show because I, I feel like it would blow their minds. I have no idea, but I super, super wonder that myself. You know, I always wondered, though, with Super Jail, too, though, if they would like it. I have Japanese friends who like it, but they're kind of art friends that are in bands or, you know, we're friends. But, yeah, I actually wonder the exact same thing. Like, would they go, this is shit, or would they go, whoa, this is fresh? I don't know. Did you know Do you know the anime Dead Leaves? I don't know. Dead Leaves is an older one. It's really funny because when we were making Super Jail, someone at the, you know, we made season one of Super Jail at Autumn Blick, not Tip Mouth. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and I also want to say, too, Tim did such an amazing job with this. Like, the crew and everybody was just so great. But when we were in production of season one, someone was like, oh, my God, have you seen this shit? It leaves, like, a crazy jail on the moon. You know, all these, like, similarities to Superhero. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, jail thing. But it also had this super kinetic, abrasive style. Like, it's amazing. It's a very specific look. And I saw this interview with the director, because they have this thing on the DVD where they're interviewing people, like, what did you think of this? And I think it's a very cultural thing. Like, everyone's being polite. Like, they're not going to say, that made me feel fucking crazy, because, I mean, it really is, it's really crazy. Like, if it came out right now, it's crazy. I'm looking at it now, and it looks insane. Yeah, and so it's when they interview the director, they're like, what kind of a film did you want to make? Or what were you going for? He said something along the lines of, like, he wanted to make the most abrasive, insane thing you've ever seen. I, I think he did, but it's, I mean, it's beautiful, and it's amazing. But I remember, like, even now, but at the time, it looked very experimental. It didn't look like everything else. Like, it looked very graphic, had a lot of black, had a very specific way of the shapes and styles of the kind of the lines, the construction of things, people seemed open to it. But it definitely was, I think, like a shocker, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, I'd be curious, too, to see what they thought. I, but yeah, I would be really curious. I mean, maybe we should ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to know. I mean, I want people in Japan to see this. I really do. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting. Well, you know, again, I mean, Yuasa is a huge influence of mine. And, you know, Yuasa, I see as, you know, I don't think of Yuasa as anime. I think of him as like a, like a filmmaker or even as an experimental filmmaker or kind of a punk rock, almost avant-garde filmmaker. And, you know, I don't know how his stuff's received in Japan specifically. I know that when I go to animation festivals, I mean, he's like, you know, I mean, he's, I think he's a genius. I think a lot of people around the world, like, they love him. They love his work. And it's, I think, a very unique vision and executed really well. So I, I'm curious even how they see him there. Because, again, it doesn't seem like it fits exactly into the slot, you know? But, uh, yeah, I would be really curious, too. <laughs> Seriously, congratulations on a wonderful show. And uh, I'm going to make sure that everybody that I know is watching it, at the very least. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, dude. Keep making awesome stuff, and we'll keep watching it. Okay, thank you. So, again, Ballmasters 9009 premieres April 8th at midnight on Adult Swim. Check it out. Hunt it down. Hit up the website. Find a friend with a DVR. You can probably buy a season pass on Amazon, and if you can, we'll link to it on this episode's page. Now, our last episode, I spoke with Kevin Eastman, the co-creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as well as the comic writer, Tom Waltz, and artist, Ben Bishop. And if you're an animation or weird pop culture fan tuning in for all this Ballmasters talk and are a fan of Ninja Turtles in any capacity, you're probably going to want to check that out. But if you want to go even deeper down that manhole cover, next week, I have another Ninja Turtles discussion, and that's called... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Other Strangeness. I was at North Carolina Comic Con, and I held a panel with the aforementioned Ninja Turtles writer Tom Waltz, as well as the writer of Ghostbusters and co-writer of a number of other Turtles comics, Eric Burnham, and we talked specifically about all the weirdest corners of the Ninja Turtle universe, from the now obscure but highly influential role-playing books, to the surreal action figure designs that came out of both Mirage Studios and Playmates Toys, and wonderful... Absolutely bizarre characters like, well, everything spiraling out of Stump and Sling's intergalactic wrestling, such as Cuddly the Cowlick, a giant disembodied cowhead that travels between dimensions. It's a lot of fun. I hope you'll join us. Subscribe to the show if you're not. And you might also want to subscribe to Lightning Dogs, the official podcast. That's Nerdy Show's in-development animated series. It's a little bit of Ninja Turtles meets Mad Max about a pack of anthropomorphic dogs from another world trapped in a post-apocalyptic earth battling mutants, miscreants, and the evil Glampire. It's inspired by all of our favorite 80s and 90s action figures, B-movies, and sci-fi. We're chronicling our entire development from the moment we accidentally came up with the idea on this very show to all the world-building, character creation, 
and the process of breaking into the industry from very much the outside. If this episode or any of those projects sound awesome to you, well, we are listener-supported and rely very much on your generous contributions to keep alive and keep doing what we do. Head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. There you'll get a ton of bonus content, including some Adult Swim bonus content, I might add, from the various times that we've spoken to figures in and around various series, including perhaps most recently the team behind Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. We've done a lot of awesome episodes with series co-creator Casper Kelly. You get a bunch of perks at $1, even more at $5, and there's all kinds of other fringe benefits to supporting us. And yes, even a dollar does go a long way, and you can check out the full list of all the extras you get at patreon.com slash nerdyshow. But if even a dollar is too much to ask, we understand times are tight. But please do consider investing your time and rating and reviewing us on iTunes, which really helps a lot as it's still the number one marketplace for people discovering podcasts. But also, I want to steer you in the direction of Podchaser, which is an amazing new platform specifically tailored to podcast discovery. You could even rate and review this specific episode and add all kinds of helpful tags like Christy Caraca, Super Jail, Ballmasters 9009, Animation, Jordowski, The Works. You can find us on social media, at Nerdy Show, wherever you go, and also me, Cap Blackard, on all your favorite internet time sinks. Now I know, I know, I've been stealing the spotlight quite a bit. Where on earth are the rest of the Nerdy Show crew? Just give it a second. We'll be back to regularly scheduled program shortly. We've just got all this awesome content that we don't want to sit on. We want to put it out. Plus, I've been traveling a lot, which makes things super difficult. And it's not exactly stopping. If you're in Chattanooga for the upcoming Weird Al Yankovic show, drop me a line and we'll say hey. That's right, Weird Al's tour where he's playing practically no parodies and just the weird stuff is not coming to Orlando, Florida, so I'm flying to Tennessee to see him. But what am I supposed to do? This is like a dream show for me. This is like something I've daydreamed about that I didn't think was ever going to happen. So, yeah, myself and Colin and some to-be-determined members of the Proto-Men are all going to enjoy the Weird Al concert of our dreams. If you're there, say hey. But for now, remember, check out Ballmasters 9009, April 8th, midnight, on Adult Swim, and we'll see you in a week with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other strangeness. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.